The following podcast is brought to you by the Bridge Bible Church in Somerset, Wisconsin. For more information, please visit our website at thebridgewired.com. He is kind and to the ungrateful 
and the evil? Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Jesus starts this passage, and he says this. He says, but I say to you who hear. Do you hear? Are, it's not just listening. It's not just taking in information. Like, do you hear what the Spirit is saying? So often we fail to hear. So often we fail to tune in and actually hear what the Spirit is revealing those truths that God is saying to us. He says, if you're hearing them, you're applying them. You're taking them in. They're, they're transformational. They're changing you. There's many people who hear the Bible, who hear teaching, who add knowledge upon knowledge, and they have never heard the voice of God. They think they know God. They have a form of godliness, maybe, but they've never heard Him. As, as parents, we say that to kids, our kids all the time, right? When they're little and they're growing up, they're like, you know, do you hear what I'm saying? They're like, yeah, 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 yeah you know, clean my room, blah, blah, blah. And we say, are you listening? You know, we make that transition there with our kids. Are you listening? Jesus is saying, are you hearing what I'm about to say to you? Are you in tune with the Spirit? And here's the reality. You can't hear unless the Spirit is speaking to you. Unless the Spirit is opening your heart, opening your eyes. You'll, you'll, you'll be trying to discern spiritual things with an earthly mind, with an earthly heart. We have to welcome the Spirit of God to, to open us to the truths of God. Because the things of the King and the things of the Kingdom are not the things of this world, as I've already said. So he says, are you ready to receive this teaching? Because it's not like any other teaching. Are you hearing it? Are you in tune with the Spirit? So I'm going to pray for you right now that you will hear. That the Spirit will be speaking to you. That you'll be able to receive it. Because there are times that we are calloused and we're hard. We're like these softball guys down here who have sung that bat so many times. Their hands are so tough. And it's like they could probably get splinters in their hands and never even know it. You know, they work so hard. Our hearts become like that. They become calloused. And what we need is the Spirit to be like that holy... Holy Spirit pumice stone that just takes that right off. You're laughing. <laughs> yeah, he's got to do some work. He's got to open us up. So let me pray for you. Lord, as we look at this truth, as we hear what Jesus is saying, we can't hear it with our natural ears. We can't make this happen in our own strength. Lord, we need you to make our hearts soft. Give us ears to hear your voice to receive it we need to be humble to submit to it transform us change us help us to understand not just in our head but maybe understand it in the depths of our soul Holy Spirit do that work that only you do do that work of changing hard hearts into hearts of flesh. We ask this in the name of the Son, Father. Amen.
he says that there's a kingdom ethic that he's about to share when he says to those who hear. There's a kingdom ethic, a kingdom morality, a way of living. And here's what happens. In our culture, we have this spectrum. It doesn't matter if you're all the way on the left. Well, that's over here for you. All the way on the left, you're all the way on the right. We have this, this, these philosophies, these things of the world, these ideologies, these things that we say, this is what life looks like. We have our, our way of living. And then we take Jesus and we say, we're right. And we stick Jesus wherever we are on that spectrum. We say, see, Jesus is like this. Or no, he's like, he's like this. And, and we, we try to make him fit our philosophies, our understanding, our beliefs. And Jesus says, I am not that. I am of the kingdom, which is a whole other plane. My life and the ethics and the morality and the truths of God are reigning over all of us. We all fall short. And we try to think, oh, well, I'm right, or I have the right thing. And Jesus says to this group who's listening, you're all wrong. <laughs> and I want you to follow this ethic. I want you to follow this teaching. Because this teaching is of the king and of the kingdom. This is where life is found. This is what life looks like. And so, yeah, it's a clarion call like that bell. Receive it. Listen. Pay attention. So those who hear, what does he say? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. So, this word enemy is thrown around a lot, a lot today. Just in the last month, like, just looking at the news, going online and listening to different articles and different stories, just in conversations of a culture. This is, and you've probably heard these things too, and these are things that you hear. You hear things like, Russia is the enemy of democracy. You hear the Biden administration is the enemy of the gas industry. You hear white males are the enemy of people of color. You hear elites are the enemies of America. Or you hear moderates are the enemies of democracy. Or the GOP are enemies of children's safety in schools. Or the news media is the enemy of the people. Or conservatives are the enemies of the immigrant. Or straight white males are the enemies of progressive culture. It goes on and on and on. We just pit ourselves against one another. You're the enemy. We're right. You're wrong. It doesn't matter what the world philosophy is. I don't know your politics. I really don't want to know your politics, where you are. But people fall on that world line, and they say, we're the right ones, and the opposite is the enemy. And Jesus says, you guys are not doing what you should be doing. You should be loving humanity. You should be seeing one another, loving one another, caring for one another. And he says, yeah, there's people out there who hate you. And he says, love them. That word enemy is strong. That word enemy is one that must be stopped, that must be you know, put down. This, this is a strong word, and we use it so casually, so flippantly in our culture. The point is, is this, that in our, in our culture today, we're continually being divided. People are being pit against one another 
both sides are pointing at the other. It doesn't matter. And they say that person needs to be stopped at all costs because they're not letting life be as it should be lived. However, I think it should be lived. That's how life should be. And Jesus says, I actually am giving you the kingdom values of God. That's how life should be lived. Not how you look at it here, but as God says to us here. So all we do is we move from statement to statement. I mean, the next headline, the next statement from a politician, the next tweet, the next celebrity puts out their thoughts. I mean, it just goes on and on. And you know, we feel like, oh, this is continued. Like, it's gotten so bad. You know what? This isn't new. This is not new. Since the fall of man, evil grew. And men were striving against one another. But before a certain event, they all had the same culture. They all had the same language. They all had the same background. And evil was reigning and wickedness was growing, but they were together in that. And God said, this isn't good. And at the Tower of Babel, he confuses the languages. He splits up the cultures. He, he separates them. And then, man looks at each other and says, well, mine's the right one. My culture's the right one. My language's the right one. My way of doing it's right. And, and that's not the point. The point is that God says that they were not living as they should then, and we're not living as we should now. The book of Leviticus, third book of the Bible, written... 1469 or so uh, before Christ. And in it, it says this. It says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. God says, Love your neighbor as yourself. He's, he was always pointing to this. He's always been pointing to this kingdom ethic of loving one another, seeing humanity created in the image of God, seeing one another as precious creations who reflect Him, who should reflect Him, having compassion and mercy and kindness towards fellow man. He says you should love one another, love your neighbor. Well, because of how man's hearts are bent, because we fall short of God, Miss the target? This teaching got twisted. Oh, as long as I'm loving those who are like me, as long as I'm not taking vengeance against, how did he word it? The vengeance against, or grudges against the sons of your people. Oh, as long as, it's, as long as I'm being kind to those who are like me, I can cast out the others who are not, because we're the right ones. That's kind of how it looked like. So, so Israel was looking at, they said, if they are proper Israelites, if they're the Jews and they're like us, then we love one another. Like, I love my brother, I don't hold a grudge against him, they have the law, I have the law, we do the right things. But if you're not a Jew, like, we, we don't want anything to do. We cast them out. And so they were loving their neighbor, but their neighbor was, who was like me? Who's like me? Listen, if that's, as Jesus says in this passage, if that's what you're focused on, your world becomes so narrow, so small. It's like, I'm only loving these people that are like me. But let's be honest. In that group, I only love these people in that group because they're more like me. And then if we really get honest, like, I only like these people. These are the close ones. 
Like, so, you know, there's that spectrum in the group that I love as myself, as my neighbor. We become isolated, we become insular, we, we actually start pulling away from people. So Jesus comes along and he says, love your enemy. And so what do they do? It spurs a conversation with him and a lawyer. I love lawyers because they like, they like to play word games. <laughs> if, how many of you watched the Johnny Depp thing? And you're like, I'm not raising my hand. But you watched it. <laughs> you saw the clips, the little things. Here, I, I didn't watch it, but I did see that one video. No, whatever. What happens? Like, what do lawyers do? They, they, get, they, they drill down on words. Like, what do you mean by that? Oh, you said this. What is that? So Jesus comes along and says, love your enemy. Love your enemy. And a lawyer's like, well, Jesus, you know, I hold the law. I don't hold grudges against the sons of my people. Like, I don't do that. I love my neighbor as myself. And he says, so love your neighbor as yourself. Do that. And he says, okay, who's my neighbor? Let me ask you that question. Like, let's just define that. Who is my neighbor? And what he wants Jesus to say is, well, your neighbor's your fellow Israelite, the guy who lives next door, you know, the guy in the city. He's like, love those that are the people of God. And Jesus decides to tell him a story. You probably are familiar with this. I'm assuming many of you are. But he tells them this story of the Good Samaritan. And so he says that there's this man who's going on a trip down to Jericho. And he says, and as he was going on this trip, that he was attacked by robbers. So he's out on this desert road from Jericho going on this trip and he's attacked. He's beaten. Bloody. They strip him down. They throw him in the gutter. They just leave him there to die. So on this desert road, the guy's bleeding. He's just stripped. He's all bloody. He's like gasping for life, you know. And it's like if nobody cares for this man, he, he's going to die. He needs attention. He needs help. Well, the first person that comes along is is a Pharisee. Here's this guy who's a teacher of law. He's the one that shows you what it means to love your neighbor. And that's his neighbor. Here's his fellow countryman who's been beaten and bloody and thrown in the gutter. And he comes and he looks at the man there. And so what does it say he does in, this, in Jesus' story? He goes to the other side of the road and goes on its way. And maybe in his mind he's thinking, I don't know if I want to get involved here. You know, maybe there's other things going on. You know? And so Jesus says, okay, this guy goes to the other side. And then he says, a Levite comes. Now the Levites were respectable. This is the tribe like where you get the priests. You have to be of Levite descent to be able to serve in the temple of God. Here's this lineage. Like these are the this, this is the respectable class, right? Here comes this guy. Same thing. Goes to the other side of the road, walks on. You know, and, and I don't know what these guys have going on in their mind, but these, these two should love their countrymen as themselves. This is their neighbor. This is the guy they're supposed to do good for. This is the one they're supposed to love. And they walk on. Maybe they felt like they were like General Akbar in Star Wars, and they're like, it's a trap! You know, like, I don't want to get involved. Third guy comes along. He's a Samaritan. Samaritans are called half-breeds to the Jews. They're not Jewish. They're not 
fully, like they're just kind of married in. And they don't worship at the right place. They worship at their mountain. And they don't have the right customs. They don't have the right look. And they're just, and they're, this is, the Jews would walk around Samaria. They wouldn't go through it. They're like, I'm not going through that part of town. I'm not going through that neighborhood. I will drive around the cities instead of going through that kind of thing. I don't want to be with those people. Here comes one of those people, Jesus says. And he says, this guy comes and has compassion. He sees this guy, bloody, hurt, prone in the gutter. What does he do? It's like a movie scene. He gets down off of his donkey. He comes over and says he binds up, bandages him up. So the guy is bleeding that he cleans him up. He's bandaging him. He takes oil and he puts oil over his wounds to help him. Right? And then he says, he gives him a little wine. You know, like that, that scene, you know, you kind of see it where he's lifting up his head and he's just giving him a little bit of something to drink. And the guy's probably has some go in and he's probably coughing the rest of it up. And he's just trying to get life back into this man's body. And so finally he gets this man kind of stable and he puts him on his animal and he goes to the next town. And he gets there and then he pays for the end. He gives the guy housing and, and, and security and a place where he can recover. And he's watching over him. He's taking care of him. And then the guy has business he has to do. So he needs to leave this man who's been beat up and discarded as trash that everyone walked away from. He goes to the innkeeper and he says, listen, i got to go. But whatever it takes, whatever he needs, buy it. Take care of me. And when I come back, give me the bill. I'm paying for it. And then Jesus asked this question of the lawyer who wants to justify himself. See, that's the thing. He says, who's my neighbor so I can be justified in treating people the way I've been treating them? I'm still good. I want my level of good to be justified. And so Jesus says, who proved out of those three to be the neighbor? Who was the neighbor? Not the guy. You say, well, the guy in the gutter is the neighbor. He said, no, no, no. Who proved to be the true neighbor out of those three people? And the lawyer doesn't even say the Samaritan. What does he do? He says, well, I guess the one who showed mercy. He doesn't even want the word Samaritan to come out of his mouth. And Jesus says, go and do the same. Be like that guy. Be like that enemy. Yeah, because he loved. He did exactly what I'm telling you. The king wants you to do. To see people for who they are. Humans needing grace and kindness and mercy. Needing us to come alongside and love those who may treat us with scorn and contempt. Who, who may hate us. Blessing them. Praying for them. This man, I mean... In our passage that I was reading here, he says, you know, love your enemy, do good to those. He did good to that man. He blessed that man. You don't even know what this man would do when he comes to. I mean, think about it. Here, he helps this, this Jewish man who's been beat up, and he, like, takes care of him. And you would think in this, in your mind, normally what we would think is if somebody did that, they would be like, man, I'm so grateful. We don't know. We don't know the heart of that man. I mean, that man could have been like, oh, you know, who was taking care of me? And the, and the innkeeper says, well, there's the Samaritan that brought you. He's like, well, wait, hold up. A what? Who brought me in here? Like, oh, my, I don't want this guy's stuff, like, ripping off his pants. I'm not going to be cared for no Samaritan. It's like, 
He could have been like that. I don't know. But the Samaritan doesn't care. That's the point. The Samaritan doesn't care how even this man's going to respond to the love and kindness and mercy and grace that he's giving. He's just giving it. That's what Jesus says. Love your enemy. Just give it to them. Love them. Be kind. Have mercy. Be full of grace. Pray for them. And so, here, he, he gives his possessions to the man. He's not even asking for anything back. He says, I'll pay for it. He's, he's not saying, well, when this guy gets good, give him the bill because I expect him to pay me back for taking care of him. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He says, give me the bill. I'll pay for it. So Jesus pointed out in that story to the, to the lawyer, he points it out to us, even the leaders, even those who, who say this is how we should love, fail to be loving. Fail to live by that kingdom principle because it's other. It's different. It's not of this it's not of a political or ideology that we have in this world. It's different. It's of the kingdom of God. And you only have that by being transformed and being made new. You have to come into the kingdom by way of the king, and that is by Jesus. You have to be transformed. You have to be born again be new to come and, and walk in that new life. So when he says, those who are able to hear, as the Spirit speaking to you, are you receiving this? Are you coming and saying, that's what I want? That's, that's life. So this man exemplifies what compassion is. But you know what? He also points out how the world lives. Here's what's normal. Verses 32 to 34. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. He says, you're not being the change. <laughs> you know, if, if you act... Like attracts like. Let's be honest. People gravitate to those that are like them. But the kingdom of God is for every tribe, nation, race, and tongue. We should be attracted to people. We should be loving people. And he says here that if you do what the world does, you lend to your friends, you take care of your friends, you do that, that he's like, you're not changing anything. If, if, if we want to see our community transformed, we need to love our community regardless of where they are, regardless of their failures and, and the things that trip them up, regardless of their ideology, regardless. We bring the truth of the kingdom with us and we say we love you and we're just going to love you. We're going to be for your good. We're going to help. We're going to come alongside. We're going to pray. We're going to bless. We're going to do whatever it takes so that you can have your heart open to the Spirit of God who's drawing you to the King, who's calling you into the kingdom. Quit living for this world. Live for the King and the kingdom. And so we see that he says, if you live like the world, to what benefit is it? It doesn't change it. It doesn't transform it doesn't bring freedom. It doesn't bring the righteousness of God. So what do we do? Well, we do what he says at the end. He reiterates, love your enemies. 
do good. Lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. So this is, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to mirror the love of Christ. We're supposed to be kind and merciful. We're supposed to be kind to the ungrateful and the evil. We read in 1 John about love, what love is. And in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, it says, In this the love of God was manifest, or shown to us. It was made clear. In this the love of God was made clear among us, that, that God sent his only Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son be the propitiation, that's the payment, to take the penalty and be the payment. He sent his son to be the payment for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So Jesus is saying, this is love. This is what love looks like. This is, this is the love of God. We become sons and daughters when we receive Christ. When we repent and turn to him and say, I want to live your way, not my way. But I want to lay down all of my things and all of my sins and all of my... There's that song, I'm laying down my sorrows. All those things that we count as good, all of our sorrows, we lay them down. We say, I want what is good, what is from you. We repent, we turn, and we live for Christ. We receive Christ. We hear the Spirit speaking how we are to live, how we are different. And notice Jesus says that God is kind to the ungrateful and evil. Meaning that those who will not receive it, we still love them. The ungrateful, those who don't, I don't like those people. We, Christians, those people. I don't like their ethics. I don't like their morality. I don't like what they're saying. They're not for us. They, they don't really have life. Oh, they don't. Whatever they're going to say. The ungrateful. He says we still love them. He says, and the evil. That means that there are those who would set up their worldly scheme. Again, go as far to the left or far to the right as you want to. They set up their, their worldly scheme and they say, this is true. This is what's right. And he says, no, that is not truth. Truth resides in the kingdom of God. Truth resides in Christ. So there is a standard. There is a morality. There is an ethic. It's the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, and I bring that to you. Live this way. These things are not. These things are not true. They're evil. They're a lie. They're a falsehood. They're a shadow at times of what should be a reality. So Jesus makes a distinction. So when people pigeonhole Jesus into their philosophy of living, they're not living by the kingdom. They're living by what they want the kingdom to be. And he says, lay all that down and come and follow me because the kingdom is different. Love your enemy. Who do you need to love? Who do you need to love 
Who is that person that God is speaking to you about? Who is that one that you need to come alongside and just bless them and be praying for them and, and doing good to them, even if they reject you? Jesus says, that's where change comes. Because as they receive that, as they see that, their hearts are open to the Spirit. And the Spirit calls them. And eventually, we pray one day, they give their life to Christ. And they are transformed and changed. Just as we have been transformed and changed. All are welcome to the King. But they only get there through the King. And that's through Jesus. All are welcome. He came that not one would perish, but that all could be saved. But Jesus makes it very clear. Those who will go to destruction, those who will reject it, are many. Those who will receive their feet. And he says, those who follow me, preach this love of Christ to as many as you can. So they don't have to be outside the kingdom. They can be a part of the kingdom. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Bless them. Pray for them. I'm going to pray for us, but as we as we get ready to close, after our last song, uh, I'm going to come up and do a benediction. But during this last song, I'm going to challenge you to ask God, like, who am I supposed to love? What does my loving look like? Do I justify the way I treat others? Or am I really walking like Christ, seeing people in need and serving them and blessing them and loving them? If not, who do you want me to go do that to? How do, how do I bless them? How do I love them? How am I like the Samaritan? How do I prove to be that neighbor? So ask God to show that to you. And if you genuinely ask, he's going to show you. He's going to show you who to go to, who to be talking to, who to be praying for. He's good like that. The other thing is, maybe you feel like that you're that guy in the ditch today. Life has beat you up. And you have the wind out of your sails, and you're just like, I need someone to come be the neighbor for me. I want to pray for you. I, I want you to consider coming up at the end of the service, at the end of the song, as we're singing, right as I give the benediction and that, like, don't be in a rush. Come, let us pray for you. There's others here who would love to pray for you as well. Let us pray for one another. Let us serve one another. If you are hurting today, if you need freedom, if you're struggling with something, let us come alongside and be that neighbor to you today and pray for you and serve you and love you. Let us prove the love of God to you. Would you pray with me? Stand, please. Worship team, you come on up. Lord, I thank you that you're good. You love us even when we weren't lovely. All of us, all of us, Lord, without exception, were ungrateful and evil. And it wasn't until you came and loved us, till, till we saw the love of God in action, the true love of God, not a fake love of the world, but, but the true love that comes from Christ. It wasn't until we beheld that, that we gave our lives, that you changed us and transformed us. And we're so thankful. So God, we want to love others. 
as you have loved us. We want others to know the love of Christ, to come into the kingdom, to live by that perfect ethic, that perfect love. Perhaps there's any today that, that need to be healed or set free from stuff, that need us to come alongside and love them. I pray that after we sing this song of praise to you and, and we're finishing our time together, that they would just come and be prayed for. God, start moving us. Help us to have eyes to see people the way you see them. And may many, many, many people in Somerset be set free and come into the kingdom of God with great joy and rejoicing. Because you care, you love, you are good. We ask all of this, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, who has set us free and given us new life. In his name we pray. Thank you for listening. The Bridge Bible Church stands to exalt the name of Jesus. We seek to be a community that gives glory to Christ above all things and welcomes all people to join us in worshiping Him. If you don't have a church home, consider visiting ours. We are ordinary people who want to live life with authentic faith. For more information on how to get connected, deepen your faith, and experience what God has for you, please visit our website at thebridgewire.com.